to another episode of Midlife Millennials. We're heading into another school year, fams. And we're your hosts. I'm Mandy. And I'm Stacy. Good morning, Stacy. How are you? I am. I am a little bit tired. A little bit. Right. Tis yeah, the man. season. <laughs> Tis the season. It's like it instantly hits the minute summer break is over. You're like, and I'm exhausted already. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I haven't really done all that much, but yeah. Well, what do you have putting pep in your step this morning? What poison did you choose? I did a um, a Keurig coffee this morning. I actually got Starbucks Fall Blend because I love getting like their oh. seasonal ones. So it's the Fall Blend, but I did like my own, my own uh, cold foam. So it's Ooh. kind of like a sweet cream cold foam fall blend home Excellent. <laughs> Starbucks drink. Homemade. Yeah. <laughs> just going to say, is it hot or cold? It is hot. Which is funny because okay, okay. we had like a week that was really cold and then it got really hot. Like it's it's probably a little too warm to be enjoying a hot beverage. But that's okay. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's We've got a lot of the humidity here. So it's – but I, I chose a hot one this morning too. But uh, mm. I wanted to say I, I started uh, the, the brand Stoke, which is the cold brew that I buy. Uh, mm. They had a pumpkin spice one that they came out with. So – uh, I did try that and Josh put it in our coffees yesterday morning. It was actually quite good in hot coffee. So I was like, Oh, the substitutes as a good creamer. Okay. But, uh, I've got some Folgers in her cup. <laughs> <laughs> Cause the best part of waking up <laughs> is Folgers in her cup. Uh, yeah. And just, um, <laughs> I like that it's her, not your cup. So like men are excluded now. Oh yeah. No, Folgers <laughs> is just for the bitches. <laughs> Folders for bitches. Oh Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Actually, I don't think I've had. No, no, no. I take that back. My mom gets Folgers at her house. So I'll go up on the weekends because my horse is up there. And we'll usually have like a yeah. coffee or something. And I was up the other day and she has like a little Keurig type machine downstairs, but upstairs they have like the one that actually brews. And, um, so I was like, well, if you're going to have some too, like, why don't we just brew a pot upstairs? And so we go up and she goes, well, I have Rudy's or I have, I have my Folgers somewhere. And she goes, um, but Rudy's is that Maxwell house and it's gross. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my I don't God. know, mom. I usually drink Starbucks. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm out of like the Folgers Maxwell house battle. Like, is that still a thing? Right, yeah. Oh, I guess it is. In under the same roof too. Oh man. That's, that's a bad Maybe each can has a shelf in the cupboard or something so they don't mingle. Yeah, right. <laughs> they have their own. Keep them separated. Right. <laughs> so we usually get Death Wish uh coffee. So I recommend mm -hmm. that to anybody who loves coffee. Um, it has so much oomph. It's just Ooh. Folgers is cheaper right now. So, right. <laughs> so, uh, death wish coffee, everybody drink it. Nice. Love it. I need to try it. I, every time I go down the little coffee aisle at the store, I'm like, I should get something less expensive. And I always end up going back to Starbucks. I don't know. I, the only other one that I've actually liked enough that I would buy it again, especially if it was on sale and Starbucks wasn't, was Pete's coffee. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. They're pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm bad. I'm totally into like I love the bitterness behind Starbucks coffee that a lot of people dislike. Pete's is a little more yeah. smooth. Um, but no, I like right. it bold and bitter, like my personality. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about keeping things separated, <laughs> we have a pretty big um a pretty hefty conversation today. And uh, so I thought I would open with just kind of encouraging our listeners to keep an open dialogue with people when it comes to hot button issues. Um, and they'll understand what we're talking about in just a little bit. But I know mm -hmm. like, as we've aged, you and I had this conversation recently where you were kind of like, oh, I have that perspective of being more conservative living in a liberal area. And I'm like, oh, I have this like liberal perspective living in a more conservative area. So we're both kind of like, you know, we have some differing opinions now versus I think when we were younger mm -hmm. and we were just dumb yeah. and didn't care about things anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... Well, obviously we've had a long-term friendship and, but we've also been able to talk about issues and not have them ruin our friendship. <laughs> right. Right. And it's really sad. You don't have to have like this long drawn, like this long relationship like you and I have, uh, had in, to have that kind of conversation though. And I think people need to really grab a hold of that. Like you, you could meet somebody and just strike up a conversation. You don't have to be you know, um, aggressive and hurt by everything that they're saying. You can have a decent conversation. Right. A respectful one. Yeah. Right. I think the whole idea of like agreeing to disagree has sort of gone out the window. And mm -hmm. not that I think that should be the outcome of every conversation, but when you're like, maybe this just comes from teaching and like having to diffuse a lot of situations with kids arguing, yeah. but like, when you recognize that, okay, this conversation isn't going anywhere, I think it's important for both people, both sides of the conversation to be like, hey, let's take a break from this for a little bit. Like, I hear what you're saying right, right now. It's hard for me to process it. Like, maybe yeah. we just need to step away from this and come back at a different time, you know, but there's no yeah. sense in like ruining your relationship with someone that you really care right. about or have a long history with or or even somebody you just met that maybe you have to like work with for a long period right. of time. Yeah, exactly. A coworker. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, a I think a lot of it roots in, in just understanding your own emotions and putting yourself in check. It's not necessarily like the extreme, put yourself in check so that you don't hurt their feelings or what they know. It's just monitoring your level of acceptance and understanding of what mm -hmm. they're saying. And if, if you're getting, if you've, you, check your emotions and you feel that you're getting a little hot, it's okay to say, Hey, I, I feel like I'm getting a little hot and I, I, I don't want this to turn into an argument. I don't want this to turn into something, you know, where we have animosity, you know, out of this. Um, so I'm going to, I need, I need to cool off, you know? And honestly, I think that that's admirable because that tells me you're passionate about this and that, you really do have deep feels about this topic and that that's inspiring. That's, I think that's a positive thing, mm -hmm. but 
instead, you know, unfortunately what we see in the negative outcomes is people not putting, not checking themselves and, and monitoring where they're at in the conversation. They just fly. And yeah, I think you know, the skill of being self-reflective has been yes. lost on a lot of people. For sure. And it's something yeah. that I will say, like, we honestly try to teach that in school, like a lot of, even in first grade, like a lot of our, a lot of what we're doing during the day so that we can eventually get to the actual curriculum is teaching kids how to recognize their emotions and their feelings and how to manage that, mm -hmm. which obviously when yeah. they're little, it comes out in more physical ways. Most of the time, like crying, screaming, hitting, pushing, you know, things like that. Yep. Um, Yes. But as adults, when you have a full vocabulary, you should be able to have the wherewithal to be like, okay, let me stop. Like I'm like, you're saying like, I'm recognizing that I'm getting heated right now. Like I mm -hmm. need to just stop and think and recognize why I think that's happening. And right. yeah, like maybe both sides have like a really um, passionate argument but it's important to also hear the other side of the argument, whether you end up agreeing or not, that shouldn't be the outcome yeah. with some of these, these topics. So. Yeah. yeah. And I think one, one really important thing too, that I've realized is that because you have differing opinions and experiences and, and, you know, let's say you, you hit that wall where it's like, I I'm getting, it's getting to be a little too much and I'm becoming overstimulated. This is whatever the case may be. I'm getting heated. Um, that doesn't mean that one or the other um, is a bad person because, because their opinion scares you or their opinion is so different from yours. They're, they're, they're not, they don't have bad intentions. Like for example, I, you know, if you and I have differing opinions, and um especially you being more liberal and it, it you know it doesn't mean that i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go do something horrible to somebody or you're that you're gonna go do something radical or horrible to somebody too mm -hmm. like our opinions don't don't uh reflect the people that we are on the inside necessarily in terms of our kindness and our ability to help each other no matter what our ability to not be racist our ability to not be uh, judgmental and still treat everybody with the same respect. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that does, again, it comes back to that ability to self-reflect and to just not feel like you have, you don't have to respond to somebody right away. And I think so many right. people feel like they, if they don't get the last word, if they don't respond right now, they're going to somehow lose air quotes, lose, whatever this argument may be, you know, or whatever. Right. And when it started yeah. as a discussion, it shouldn't become an argument anyway. But I have a really great right. example of this where back when um, it was uh, when Trump and Hillary were running against each other. Mm -hmm. And we all know that political situation was very heated. Um, yes. And my sister was like, you know, her like, keyboard warrior self is like on there putting her stuff like on her own Facebook. She's not like forcing it upon other people, which is the other funny thing. Like mm -hmm. if you don't want to read it, don't go to that person's page. But we actually right. like we had an uncle of ours just respond with you're a dumbass to something that oh, she man. wrote. And of course it was hurtful. Like this is a family member. I mean, it's not a yeah. family member that we're close with, but it was like, 
like thinking upon this incident now, like still, obviously still it lingers. Um, like that's what you chose to respond with. Like that's a grown ass adult where it's like, okay, I understand. Like you don't like what she's writing again. It's on her own personal Facebook page. Maybe don't read it, but what made you think it was okay to respond to your niece in that way? Like, wow. Yeah. You know, like that's where, like, I think even, even adults, even adults in their sixties <laughs> are like, get so heated about these issues. They have no idea how to have a discussion with anyone yeah. when it's, yeah. it's sort of when they think that it's like going against what their belief is, but it's like, you've right. got to realize like you don't live in a bubble. We live in an entire world full of different beliefs, you know, like you're bound to run into people. Is that how you're going to respond? Because you're not going to get anywhere in life just responding with, you know, expletives and calling people names. Like, again, that's something one of my six-year-olds would do in class because they don't know any better. So yeah, I don't know how to express it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really, to me, like that's the most disheartening thing when we have these big, issues come up and you see it on TV or it's publicized or whatever, where it's like, these are grown people that have clearly never learned to be self-reflective, have never learned to regulate their feelings and emotions. You know, it's really sad. Like, and this is something that now in our public schools, we're trying to help with that because clearly it's something that people are missing. And Yeah, they're not the kids aren't learning it at home. They see parents that are flying off the handle off of any little thing, you know, screaming at their TVs or at each other or whatever. They've got to learn it somewhere that, okay, that's an emotion and that's reaction to an emotion. But you also need to realize there are other ways to bring yourself down, to think logically about things, to take a minute. And it's just this like part of this is like an American thing where it's like, but I've got to win. I've got to win. But are you really winning if you're saying such derogatory things, like you're just cutting people out of your life? Like, what are you winning in this case? Yeah, I feel like the first, right, the first rule of like debate class Mm -hmm. is you want to keep it open until you have definitely left them without anything to say. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, if you've, you know, had this argument in your, you want to keep keep it going in term in you know in with respect to have something for them to say something back to like have a good back and forth um if all you have to say is something like a cut down or oh no that's just stupid or that's just regurgitation oh you're an idiot or something like that it's like oh mm-hmm. well you obviously have nothing else to contribute so okay thanks i i'll i'll take my leave now because there's no more playing nice. (laughs) Right. Well, wasn't the classic saying when we were kids, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. (laughs) Clearly some adults have forgotten that in their old age. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Some just don't care. Yeah. yeah. But today, you know, and in our show, we will, we will talk on different, we will speak about different uh, Mm -hmm. uh, issues, big issues. And I'm sure that many of our listeners may not agree or may somewhat agree or may have a completely different take and like we'd love to hear your responses we also want you to keep in mind that like we're not here to solve the world's problems (laughs) we're just here for open discussion you know open dialogue yeah so 
Yeah. And away we go. <laughs> so starting off with some sad news. So we lost another another icon this uh, this month. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett died. Bob Barker oh, has died. I think that was in August. Like they're yeah. they're going. They're Weren't leaving we us. Just talking about uh, what was uh, what's the show it's uh price is right yes yeah and then we Bob Parker died like not too long after that episode aired. yeah <laughs> I know well I was rooting for Betty White for sure to be like oh man at least let her make it to a hundred and she didn't and then Bob Parker was the same like let him make it to a hundred he didn't <laughs> um I know yeah I wanted Betty to be immortal for for I wanted her to live on forever. We all did. Oh, man. When she was gone, uh, I was like, okay, I'm putting my money on Angela Lansbury. I love her. And then she was gone not too long after Betty. Oh. I know. All the good <laughs> ones were like, you know what? Never mind. There's <laughs> there's nothing more we can do. I'm just not going to say anybody's name ever again. Right? People can't be self-reflective. <laughs> Damn it. I'm gone. I'm just leaving. <laughs> I know. I'm done with this. We well, remembered. <laughs> yeah. Had 99 good years. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can only I can only hope to live anywhere near that. I with all the right? BS that I've done to myself. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, I'll be lucky to hit 80. <laughs> <laughs> can you think of any well, oh gosh, when uh, Alan Rickman died. Because we were all huge oh my Harry gosh. Potter fans. Like that was a like devastating loss to our millennial oh, generation. Sure. We're like, no. Oh my gosh. Not so much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then of course it, it, we have to go back to like Robin Hood and his amazing uh, role in that Kevin Costner version. Oh. That was like the first thing I ever saw Alan Rickman in. Right. The very first thing. And, I'm pretty uh, sure. and then uh, Love Actually. Like yes, love actually, yeah. yeah, very, very different mm -hmm. uh, roles with Emma him. Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was dogma, so, right? <laughs> he was so <laughs> versatile. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just so sad when you know we just immortalize these people because we see them on TV or we hear them in For music sure. and things like that, and just yeah. kind of think they're gonna last forever. So it's sad when they don't. Yeah, it hits so much harder when it's. Like Heath Ledger and uh, uh, Brittany uh, Murphy. These are. I was going to marry yeah, him. Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know I was it. Marry though, <laughs> had he known it, maybe he'd still be here. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I still, my, my childhood crush is still and always will be Jonathan Taylor Thomas mm, forever. Classic. Yeah. Yep. I really like Jonathan Brandis from. Uh, okay. Oh my gosh. I'm totally forgetting the name of the show right now. Uh, Sequest. Sequest. Yeah. <laughs> River Phoenix was another one that like I did not wow. appreciate till after he had died. That kid yeah. was great. Stand well, by me. I mean, Ugh. I'm pretty sure he died um, when we were like infants. I think it was like, yeah. well, maybe not infants. No, I think it we was, were young. Oh, yeah. What year did he die? We were very young. Yeah. We were too young. And then, I mean, stand by me. That's <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Oh my god! I guess it's not so bad. Uh, like, like with River Phoenix, like they are dead before you realize that you like them. 
you know, as like yeah. a character or whatever. <sighs> it's sad when you like grow up with them and then they're gone. Yeah, like who, was... honestly, Barb Barker. Barb Barker. <laughs> Barb Barker. <laughs> Isn't that the popcorn guy? <laughs> Bob Barker. Like who didn't grow up with him in any like right. living generation? We all saw right. The Price is Right at some point. And whatever the game show was that he did before Price is Right, like our grandparents would have seen. You know, he was yeah. just this huge legend. Yeah. yeah Him and uh, Alex Trebek. It, he was a really sad one. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh my I mean, gosh. I, I, uh, the guy from Wheel of Fortune doesn't get as much, you know, oh, yeah, street cred. Yeah, <laughs> Didn't he just That's retire? Me. Pat Sagan. Oh, I don't know. I can't talk. I can't say anybody's <laughs> names today. Good lord. Fat, fat Payjack. <laughs> I fat wish I had a fat Payjack. But yeah, it's just sad to see them go. You know, there's always like the yeah. tragedies. There's always like the younger dudes that were speeding and like killed themselves oh, kind of thing because they were drugged up or whatever but like when they were just so like classic it's hard because it's yeah. like ugh. no like we really did think they were gonna live forever we've made everybody cry with like all the famous people that have died off and we're all nostalgic right, yeah. um <laughs> Let's make them cry some more. Um, yeah. So this, <laughs> this dawned on me with the start of the school year. Every school year, we start out with a school safety week. And I always think back to when I was in like elementary and middle school, we still used to do like everybody does fire drills, right? That's just always required. Mm -hmm. But we used to do those like um, the like air raid drills where you'd go in the hallway. It was the weirdest thing. You'd go in the hallway and like sit against the wall and like cover your head. There was one where they actually took us down in like the basement of the school and we had to like hide in the basement of the school. It was weird. So it must've been like bomb, oh, wow. like, yeah, like bomb drills or whatever. Well now yeah. with the state of the world, like we have to do active shooter drills with our students, which is wow. horrifying when you have a class of six-year-olds and they don't really understand why. And then they like, how do you explain to a six-year-old? Like, no, we have to hide here because someone could come into our school and shoot you. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's so, it's awful. And I don't right, say it yeah. to them like that. No, no, Um, But like, it's really horrible. So it got me thinking like, wow, when we were kids, we never did those. Like we all knew about Columbine, which was in 99, but that was when we were in mm -hmm. middle school. But like prior to that, like all through elementary school, and even when we were in high school after Columbine, like I'd, we never did active shooter drills. So I did a little digging. And I think part of the reason is that there was an assault weapons ban from 1994 to 2004, which is pretty much the entire time that we were in K through 12. Yeah. So people couldn't get these AR-15s like they used to. And this is only yeah. like, this is only 
part of this, right? Like we know like social media has not helped with teen mental health at all. Like there's a lot of issues going right, into this, no. but you know, you look at when the assault weapon ban ended <laughs> and then you have like, I mean, obviously in recent years, since I've been teaching, we had Sandy Hook, um, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, the Uvalde, the Rob Elementary Uvalde one, which was just last year in 2022. Year, like right. it's really, it's not just high schools anymore. You know, Sandy Hook and right. Rob Elementary were little, little kids. Um, yeah. So it's very, it's a tough topic. And I now live in an area where there's a lot of people who are, who have concealed carry weapons and they're definitely of the mindset of like, arm the teachers and like the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And I'm like, oh my God. Like to me personally, the day that they tell me to carry a firearm to work, I'm leaving the profession. Like the guns mm -hmm. have no place in a school period. Um, yeah. You know, we have, fortunately we have more resources now to have resource officers on campus which helps because they're, you know, a trained police officer that comes in for, you know, whatever days of the week that they're assigned. Um, mm -hmm. We have schools have gone through huge lengths to improve their security. Like you can only badge in and out of our schools. Like you can't, a regular person just can't walk up and walk into the main office like you used to when we were kids. You know, you could just walk in. You have to be like, let in <laughs> to the school um so yeah. which kind of sucks on like days where like if you <laughs> forgot your badge and no one's there you can't get in <laughs> or like if That's you're just some random, yeah like there's been so many times where i've ordered a box of scholastic books and if somebody's not in the office to get that mail order like all of a sudden the box is lost for like weeks because they're like well nobody oh, no. was there, and they take the box away i'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so um, there's that sort of thing but i would rather have that than have some crazy walk into the school and start killing everybody um yeah but it's just it's so interesting where we've come from when we were in school and this was something we never even thought about yeah i i don't remember ever i mean i i know that we had been informed or somehow found out about um Columbine. And then Michael Moore did his documentary that was kind of a little bit more illuminating. I didn't watch that until um, probably high school um, or a little bit later, oh, quite a way the time after it had already come out and everything bullying for Col Columbine. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until I watched that, that I was like, dang, like that's, that's serious. This is serious. Like when you're a kid, like you mentioned before, it's like, you don't, you don't really pay a whole lot of attention to anything. You're invincible. You're never going to die. You know, like mm -hmm. you don't, there's not a whole lot of things, uh, serious things that can really <laughs> take up space in your brain because it's full of a bunch of other stuff, like going through puberty and everything. But <laughs> mm -hmm. so I, I don't, I don't ever remember being super concerned while I was in middle school or, or high school, even that this was ever going to happen to us like oh well that sucks you know it, it's it happened there you know for whatever reason um mm -hmm. but it's not going to happen here you know it's not going to happen to me it's not going to happen to my friends um you just have this like weird in invincibility 
mentality when you're that age. And I don't remember ever being afraid of it until later on realizing how serious this is and where it's rooting from and, and where that root is not being taken care of. And then it becomes much more real, you know, when, when you actually know, and you actually take a look at all these instances, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as I was looking at some of the data, it said that 2011 was really when we started to get this surge in mass shootings. Um, like there was that big one, was it Vegas, the big concert where the guy was like up in a hotel and like shooting down on the country concert or whatever. Um, yeah. there's been a bunch in like nightclubs and all kinds of things. I mean, you guys just had a couple in California. Um, mm -hmm. was it last year or earlier this year where there was like the, it was a couple different like dance clubs or whatever, but like, you yeah. know, there's just been this surge and this, this is like super gruesome and I apologize to anybody that might be sensitive to this, but, um, I was watching CBS. They did this special report on like school shootings and stuff. And they had, um, like somebody on that was talking about the weapons and ammunition that are used, like the, the ammunition for like AR 15s. And it's not like you see in the movie, like somebody gets like in the movies where somebody gets shot and it's like, oh, well, you just apply pressure to the wound kind of thing. And like, we can dislodge the bullet unless it hits like something really, you know, vital and whatever. But like this ammunition, yeah. like basically makes you implode like the, mm -hmm. your organs inside. Like it's just, it's meant to be a weapon of war and to kill no matter what. And I don't think people yeah. have a, awareness of that it's not like when yeah again like not like when somebody gets shot in a movie or like the bullet's lodged in his shoulder we can pull it out with a pair of tweezers or whatever they do you know <laughs> right right um, no it's like really really awful and horrific and that's why if there are people that are shot in these situations they don't survive because of the ammunition yeah. so it's uh it's pretty awful um yeah yeah so, you know, that kind of brings us to the big topic, which is really gun rights in America. And, you know, what clearly what we're doing right now is not working. Right. I agree. I, I think that um, I, I think that there is a, a, a middle ground. I think there is a way to make it to where everyone can be satisfied and that whether that means stricter, um, you know, uh, making the access to these guns and licensing much stricter. And also, um, like you said, you're, you know, the schools are building up in their security and their, you know, I, I don't have a huge opinion either way on teachers conceal, uh, carrying. I think that having somebody on campus that is able to, like you have the security, um, that is a, a police officer, trained police officer, maybe allowing him or her to, to carry, um, the, the bottom line is how do we make places safer to go to? Um, I think there is solutions to this. I, I think that there are people, there are political minds who are trying to continue this, this, uh, struggle and not wanting to come to that middle ground. So that makes mm -hmm. sense. 
Yeah. I, my biggest concern with the conceal carry laws is like, look at how many instances we have of trained professionals, police officers making mistakes with their guns. And and they're walking into a situation where they know, they know generally what's going on. They've gotten some kind of call, right? So they're responding to a call. They know, you know, generally what's going to happen. And there's Mm -hmm. still situations like the one uh, was a couple years ago, the one traffic stop and the officer thought she was pulling her taser, but pulled her gun and like shot the guy in the car. Um, So we see these trained professionals making mistakes all the time. But we're right. going to trust Joe Blow, who lives next door, who gets high all the time and whatever. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> just has a gun because he thinks it's cool. We're going to trust him to carry this around for his self-defense or he's going to save people in an emergency situation. I'm sorry. You haven't been trained at all for emergency situations. Nobody knows how they're going to respond. It's that whole like mm-hmm. flight, uh, fight, flight or freeze. Like you have it built yeah. up in your mind that you can be like some superhero in a movie and you can like jump in and save these people. But more than likely, you're going to end up making the situation worse. Yeah. And you are not trained to take down an active shooter you are not you know it's possible that you might be in the right place at the right time but it is also extremely possible that an innocent bystander is going to get caught in your crossfire because you're panicking your hands are shaking you're trying to get your weapon at whatever you know so like i personally again this is my own personal thoughts especially knowing (laughs) certain people that have concealed carry weapons. And I'm like, your fucking dumbass has one of these. Oh God. Like, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's kind of frightening. Um, that like, I just, I don't know. Like I, this is where I feel like our country should be super capitalist with guns. Just go the super capitalist route and say, you know what, we're going to have all kinds of fucking taxes and shit you have to pay for. And it's going to be so expensive to own a gun, like a handgun. And if you want to shoot assault weapons, you buy this like membership to your local gun range and you can go there and you can rent one or whatever, but you're going to pay out the ass to use these things. Like, let's just use our whole capitalistic society, make a bunch of money off this stuff. You know, if it's something that's not going away. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one thing I will say is that right there, I feel like would put all the guns and all the defense in the hands of people with money. And I, what we're seeing right now is mm-hmm. we don't want people with money to have that much power, especially well, they already do. when it comes to farmers. Well, yeah, but they do with, they do, they already do. And that's, that's the problem. They already do with a lot of the, the laws that are being made and all, a lot of the pockets that are being filled that support their, their cause, you know, mm-hmm. um, so if we make if we make uh the ability to receive or the ability to possess a gun um for only the rich people then i mean we're just sol we're well but we're if it's de- something that you enjoy i mean i love horses so i'm going to spend money to go take lessons and to get my horse and to have to pay yeah. for boarding and all that kind of stuff like it's it wouldn't be unreasonable unreasonable for the average person to you know have these things yeah. 
But just like what we do with um, cigarettes, you know, like we tax so much on tobacco products now because yeah. we know they cause cancer. Yeah. So at least we're making a bunch of money off of it. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned a good point, um, you know, having like the assault rifles and some of the more extreme weaponry um, available for people to have a membership or something. I think that that's meeting halfway. You know, there's other states that allow the the possession and ownership of, you know, um, an AR-15 or some, you know, more extreme rifles and stuff like that, um, which which is all good. But like, you know, places like California and New York, um, definitely it, that's meeting halfway uh, to be like, OK, fine, you can shoot them. You think they're fun. That's great. I think they're fun to shoot. Um, mm-hmm. I'll pay a range, a local range, you know, give my money and support them to go in and, and fire one. If I feel so, you know, if I feel the itch, I have to experience mm-hmm. that, you know, that's absolutely meeting halfway, but not allowing them to have the access to own one at home. That's fine. Yeah, totally. Right. I think that's, that's great. Um, I did want to say when it comes to like, uh, you know, the kid next door is, a, you know, angsty kid and, and you know, he's 21 <laughs> and he wants to own a gun. And he just gets high all the time. That guy, you know, we'll call him, we'll call him Ned. I don't know why we're giving him the stigma that he just gets high. I know. I just look at him as like, he doesn't wash his hair and he just smells like stale weed. Stale weed. (laughs) That's awful. Just the image I have in my head of like somebody that would go do this. I don't know. We're stereotyped. Right. Well, so here's my thought on that is, okay, but we let him drive a car, right? We, we, mm-hmm. you have to take this brief test, which is really more common sense questions. Um, yeah, there's the, like, who goes first at a four-way stop if you all arrive at the same time, blah, blah, blah. Um, some stuff you kind of have to work out, but it really is a relatively simple test to take. Um, and then here you go. You have this giant weapon that you can now drink and drive. You can smoke weed and drive and you can do all these things and you kill people. And there are exceptionally larger amounts of people being completely destroyed by vehicles because of irresponsibility and because people are not paying the amount of attention. They're on their phones. They're doing something stupid. Like in my, in my eyes, I mean, if you're going to take away the ability to, um, let somebody take a more strict test and it fall, pass more strict uh, barbed wire to be able to own a gun as a hobby or self-defense, whatever their reasoning is, then, you know, that's good, but take them away all completely. And it's like, well, you might as well take away their licenses too, because the vehicle is, is just as awful and, and tragic of a can be if you're irresponsible. It's a level of responsibility in my opinion with everything that we handle that is that can kill somebody you know what i mean you're not gonna have a pilot fly a plane with all the stuff that they go through all of the rigorous the classes the mathematics everything that they have to learn and go through um you know you wouldn't put mary in seat you know row b13 in the pilot's you know if he's <laughs> incapacitated right. you know what i mean mary's not gonna land the plane right <laughs> she won't crash the plane <laughs> well i have a slight counter to that argument so my thought would be mm-hmm. well number one it's going to be a whole lot harder to drive a car into a school to kill a whole classroom full of first graders mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know there also in addition to that 
cars are really meant as transportation. So they kind of fill that necessity where guns don't really fill any kind of necessity anymore. You can, you know, if you're fearful that, and maybe I just don't live in this kind of fear, I don't know. But if you're fearful that somebody's going to break in your house and attempt to murder you, um, I have a couple thoughts on that. I mean, number one is they're more than likely going to sneak in and you're going to be dead before you have time to react and get your gun out in the first place. But number two, you also can have something like a freaking lead pipe baseball bat. I don't know, something that's going to be effective in the dark as well, you know, but like, that's just so unlikely. So like guns don't really fulfill a necessity. I mean, we don't go out and like, I obviously like I live in like, the hunters world out here, like everybody hunts out mm-hmm. here. So like, I understand right. there are definitely people who are responsible with their guns, they keep them locked up, they take care of them, they keep them in good working order, you know, they're responsible gun owners, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a responsible mm-hmm. vehicle owner, right? And I pay all of my <laughs> registrations and get my license renewed and do all these things that I'm supposed to do. Um, so mm-hmm. you're always going to have the people who are responsible. But it's hard because it kind of comes back to that sort of what I want to call kindergarten rules, like one person's ruining it for everybody else. Like, you know, little Jimmy keeps stealing all the Legos, like, sorry, I'm just going to put the Legos away. They've become, they keep getting stolen. They keep, whatever. Like it's sort of, there too many, too many people have been going and shooting up schools with AR-15s. Well, you know, maybe we need to take the AR-15s away now. We can't be responsible with them as a society. You can have right. the Lego Duplo box, the bigger ones, <laughs> <laughs> the more the cheaper one. You can have a handgun yeah. that can only shit, shit, shit. <laughs> I can only, shit, can only shit out a bullet shit every five minutes. Bullets, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's basically the same thing, right? Um, right. <laughs> can only shoot six bullets at a time. So, but you know, that's yeah. my general thought is like guns really aren't fulfilling a necessity. Now, the transportation thing in the United States is a whole other issue because we should have high speed rail. We should have like we should have way more transportation options than we do. And it would really Mm -hmm. cut back on a lot of those car accidents because, yeah, people aren't responsible with their vehicles either. Yeah, but we we lost when we were in high school, we lost two. um, I'm pretty sure it was two. There was that one female and then uh, the male that you and I both know that. Oh, yeah. um, Yeah. Massive. Mm -hmm horrible awful yeah car accidents because of irresponsibility because of being a kid and mm-hmm. and being a kid and being stupid know. wanting to right. race i and mean it, in the in the case of our friend from theater like he was the passenger and i yeah. i went i had classes with the kid that was driving and they just decided they were going to race down this road it was rainy it was just you know it was just bad decisions all around But maybe that raises the question of your, if you're 16, maybe you shouldn't have a driver's license yet. Your brain's not fully developed. Right. And that's, that's kind of my point too, is, is we're making things so accessible in different ways. So like for, for example, the vehicles and irresponsibility when it comes to that, um, not so strict, uh, access to a driver's license and the ability to drive by yourself and so on, uh, that that's down to 16, but yet, you know, to smoke a cigarette, 
that only affects yourself, only affects your health. Well, I mean, I guess there's secondhand smoke, but that's, I digress. <laughs> that's besides the point. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have to be 18 and then 21 for, for alcohol. And it's like, uh, I, I don't, I feel like there's a lot of areas and maybe we're kind of getting, maybe I'm getting a little off the main topic here, but there's a lot of areas uh, when it comes to safety of our youth that we are really lacking in more strict and more, con- uh, more structured, um, learning about these things and also being able to uh, identify your competency in, in operating and using these things. Now I will say that, that um, this whole, the, the gun, um, the problem that we're having with a youth and, and also just anybody getting access to certain weaponry and using them against each other, it, it has risen so much just in the past three years. So if you take like 2010, there was like half the amount of, uh, assaults that are, or, you know, shootings that have happened have been with an assault rifle. Half of the amount of them were with an assault rifle. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, just within the past three years, that has increased to like 59% rather than the 34%. So we're seeing Mm -hmm. an influx just recently too in people using these assault rifles uh when, when they're doing this because let's let's be honest like it's not always an assault rifle that they use it's not right, always right i got it however the, the the truth is still there and i do agree that why we need to find out why they're getting a hold of these and with that i'll say that i think that there's a comorbidity here there's a there's there's not just one solution not just one issue and we've already touched on the mental health part. I think that is the biggest component of this and the ignorance of, of identifying that. Um, but also parental, uh, I don't know, overall parental-ness. Hmm. <laughs> parental Lack in- of parenting or lack of parental awareness. Yeah, because I mean, if you're a parent, yeah. you know there's a gun in the home. I'm sorry, but you, you're not going to sit down and talk to your kid and say, I'm going to have this locked up when you are this age, or you have some sort of plan to teach this child uh, how to use it. If you have that intention at all, say you're, you know, you, you're a gun happy family and you're like, you like to go hunting or you like to go do this, even here in California, um, you're going to have a plan to teach your child how to, how to use it and how to operate it, how to clean it, how to keep it safe. Um, at least you, know, you should, <laughs> you should. And that, that is the problem. That is the mm-hmm. problem. I, I think not only we have mental health issues, but we also have a lack of parental involvement in the education. If you're going to own, if you're going to have a gun in the freaking house, dude, you need to have these conversations with your kids and you also need to keep it out of their accessible reach. Uh, you know, it, they shouldn't be able to get a hold of this. It's not just taking away the guns, that's not the answer because there's also, there's going to be people, criminals, people that are worse than these children, in my opinion. Um, well, I guess of, of the same cloth maybe, but, um, that have illegally obtained their guns and they're still going to have them. So I think that I should have the right to defend myself in some random crazy case that I need to, I'm not going to conceal and carry. I don't think that I need that. But to be able to defend myself, if the whole fucking everything goes to shit, um, it's, I think, more so just a mental, like, comfort 
for a lot of people. And like, do they think they'll ever have to use it? Probably not because we still have that invincibility idea. We're never going to, it's not going to happen to me. Like it sucks. It happened to Joe, but it's not going to happen to me. And it, but I have the comfort that if it does, if somebody does come and try to, you know, rape me or do something awful, I can defend myself. And if they have a gun, okay, I have one too. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that, I think that the, that's not the answer, just taking them away. Instead, we need to make it harder for people to get a hold of them um, and, and find the root, attack the root of it, which, you know, like I said, at home and mental health. Um, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't have all the answers either. Um, I do think that it has to start somewhere. Um, For sure. Of course, we wouldn't take them away from our law enforcement. And if there's criminal activity, you're going to be calling your law enforcement to come and handle that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, ideally, I mean, obviously, there's always the outlier situations. Um, but you know, it kind of has to start somewhere and it just, yeah, I mean, ultimately like the fewer weapons available, the harder it is to get one. Like if, if I don't want my students to have pencils anymore, I'm going to stop giving them pencils. Are they still going to find pencils laying around the school every once in a while? Are they still going to get one from home? Are they going to, you know, like, yeah but it's going to be a whole lot harder to get a pencil in my classroom if I'm not handing them out. <laughs> right. <laughs> now that would yeah, never happen because sure. my students need their pencils, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you're, but you are right about that. I, I think that, you know, with mental health and, you know, in the home and, and trying to attack these other things, that's not going to happen as quickly. That's not going to solve or start solving this issue quickly enough as taking them away or, or making it stricter for them to get a hold of them. That I absolutely agree with that, that that's probably where it should start is um, restriction and, and more strict access to the guns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe, maybe having to everybody to um, do like a refresher registration so that you have to declare that you have these in your home and maybe having CPS or ha- just having some sort of government institution uh, check in you know, and make sure that like you have to sign a thing saying, yes, I will submit to uh, a law enforcement officer um, checking my my gun stash and making sure that it is up to code, you know, whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think that that is true, that 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 Hmm. probably something along those lines is what's going to help start the ball rolling sooner than trying to identify mental health issues and issues in the home. For sure. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And I think the biggest thing that we've agreed on here, not that we are trying to come to any solutions, and then hopefully we're mm-hmm. mentioning some things that maybe will make people think a little bit on both sides. Um, but I mean, the ultimate thing we can agree on is what we're doing right now is not working. Right. And yeah. hasn't been working. So you got to try something else, you know? Yeah. And you got to be open to what the solution is. I mean, people, if, if the solution is to take away the guns and people need to just suck it up and and just just allow that to take place because what is the bottom line is the safety of our loved ones the safety of our children you know our kids shouldn't have to uh you know no you can't get the jansport backpack because they don't make it bulletproof but this one does so we'll have to get this one you know Mm -hmm. like you have to actually provide bulletproof 
binders or something that a child can use as a defense or something like that. It's absurd. Our children shouldn't have to worry about their lives being at risk when they're going to try and learn. Defense argument, I think, is is a weak one. Um, because more than likely, you're never going to need it. And in an instance where you may need it, like the concert goers that were shot at in Vegas, like they, I mean, they didn't even know where those shots were coming from. All you can do is run and hide. You know, they weren't going to have sudden like sniper reactions and be like, oh, that the shooting's coming from up there. And now I can take out my gun and shoot it up there. Like, (laughs) yeah, you know, like it's, I definitely can see, I I could definitely see that it, it, you know, there's so many instances, especially with the the shootings that we've seen where your self-preservation, it really is. The first thing is duck, go hide. You know, that's the only real, I mean, being able to defend yourself with a weapon is a very unlikely uh, opportunity that you'll have in a lot of the shootings that we've seen. Um, But there have been uh, instances where somebody has had a gun in other states, has had one and has actually saved lives or helped save lives because of that. I think that those, I think that those instances should also stand to, um, to prove that, someone somewhere having one because they wanted it for self-defense or whatever could, you know, that likelihood of them being able to save my life as likely as it is for somebody to take it. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with people having these guns because they feel that they are safer and they can protect people because their chances of protecting me are just as likely as someone's chances of shooting me. In my opinion, I would want to know the statistics on that. Because I feel like the yeah. bad in that situation is going to really heavily outweigh the good. I don't know. I I feel like with a lot of the um, shootings that we've had, um, I feel like a few of them could have been stopped if if you're if if the shooter was stopped first. Um, again, that that's just such a, a wild like that's an alternate universe you know, ending, right. like you, just, you don't know how it would have played out because it didn't play out that way. So there's right. multiple different ways it could have played out. If somebody else had a gun, it definitely could have gotten a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are, we are human, you know? Right. Well, also in the true American spirit, if I were, for example, in a grocery store with my child and in walks an active shooter, and the guy behind me at the register is like, no, I got this. I'm going to defend you. And they end up shooting my child. I'm going to sue the fucking shit out of your ass, whether you were trying to help <laughs> us or not. Like you just shot my kid <laughs> yeah. because you were trying yeah. to be a good Samaritan. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know enough about good Samaritan laws either to know like if they even cover that. Like they'll cover you. Like I if mean, you're doing CPR on somebody, like, I mean, you know, right. you're an EMT. Like if you're stopping at a, you know, an emergency scene or whatever. And there's no, there's no professionals there yet, but you're CPR certified. Like, yeah, you can, you can step in and you're not going to get sued. You're covered. But like, I, I don't know how far those laws extend. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So taking on a lot of risk and responsibility, carrying Mm -hmm. this concealed carry and thinking that you can be 
you know, the savior of everybody in that grocery store. Yeah. You know, now if, I don't know. Let me ask you this. If, if let's say that, uh, the right to own or that the ability to own a gun requires you to go through very strict, um, similar to what police officers have to go through, you, you know, a mental health, uh, evaluation, physical fitness, all of, all of those things. Um, and very extensive sort of, uh, like I said earlier, barbed wire that they have to go through to be able to obtain mm-hmm. one. And they want to obtain, obtain one for self-defense in the case that they ever do need it. Now, if that was to be enacted and people had to go through much stricter, uh, you know, things to, to, to be able to get one, would that make you feel safer if people were using that, uh, guns in that case to, to defend themselves and and others? Me personally, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because again, look at all these situations of even cops who are highly trained, who make mistakes, you know, for me personally to feel comfortable, I'd say, just get rid of them altogether. Do you feel safer? So now let me ask you this then, if, if it was, um, somebody who had to go through all those strict things, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. and a police officer, and do you have a preference of which one you would choose? They have to go through the same things to get, uh, to the ability to have a gun to defend you. And this happens in the supermarket. And they're, like I said, one's an off-duty police officer and the other one's just a civilian. Mm -hmm. Do you think, do you have a preference on which one defends your life? Oh, the officer, for sure, because they're going to be dealing with these situations on a regular basis. Just because you did it once in a training two years ago doesn't mean that you're going to keep that ability. And officers deal with these real life situations every day. So they're going to have that um, more of an instinct. Exposure. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I can speak for teacher trainings. How many teacher trainings have I sat through? And you get back to your classroom a week later and you're like, Ugh, I don't even remember half of that. You know, like <laughs> a couple yeah. key points will stick, but you know, there's, I don't know. And again, like you're dealing with the, um, the unknown when it comes to people who've never been in high stakes, high pressure life or death situations, an mm-hmm. officer would have dealt with that already more than yeah. likely a soldier. Yeah would have dealt with that more than likely. Um, but just somebody who's gone through a bunch of rigorous training. Okay. Well, they still knew that that was training. It wasn't a real situation. We don't know what their brain is going to do. Is their brain going to freeze? Are they going to be able to remain cool under that pressure? Are they, you know, to me personally, again, this is, there's too many unknowns. Right. Yeah. My, my personal opinion on that, on that concept is I, I don't, I don't trust either of them. Uh, I guess I would say I trust either of them equally because we are human. And even with police officers, even with the exposure, um, there's, there's even soldiers who have unfortunately met some very, very difficult mm-hmm. um, decisions that they've had to make and, and have had to do, you know, we, we all know, we, we don't know, but we, <laughs> have an idea of what they've had to go through. Now that kind of exposure can actually do more harm when it comes to your ability to respond to those situations. And so with all of that, and again, we keep going back to this, like, it's just so unknown. It really is. And that's, I think what is the most difficult part about making a decision pulling, well, for lack of a better way to put it, pulling the trigger on finding Mm -hmm. a solution for this. 
um, I, I feel like we're all, you know, with the, you put two people with the same amount of education in something and, and um, testing and all of that, and you take a, a exposure and experience out of it, um, even in it, I, I, I feel like, I feel like they both would have the same uh, ability to, to do what they need to do. I, or, or I guess I should say they both risk the same mistakes is really where my point is in terms of, you know, the civilian versus the police officer. We're human, we're human. And, and no matter what, even like I said, exposure to these things can make you less fit to defend somebody in that situation than mm -hmm. a civilian. So I, I, I yeah. yeah. And I have two thoughts on that. Number one is I think if, if that were the case that people had to go through that kind of rigorous training and maybe have to renew it every year, there'd be a whole lot less gun owners because most of them are not passing that physical fitness test. Oh, for sure. <laughs> we're just going to put sure. that right out there. <laughs> like your lazy Heck ass yeah. getting one this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, lay off the donuts, Bob. <laughs> <I don't know>. Right. <laughs> um, but secondly, and I was, you know, I think we're on the same wavelength here, especially when it comes to people who were former military, is we know so much more about PTSD. And just oh, yeah. that's to me is also terrifying is okay. Yeah. This person was trained and they know how to use this weapon, but their brain is fucked up mm -hmm. from yeah. being in these huge high stakes life or death situations for so long that yeah. now we don't know. I mean, they could think because maybe there's a couple of people shouting at that grocery store, getting into a physical altercation. We don't know how their brain is going to process that because it's a brain now right. under stress based on trauma. Right. And they may be pulling a weapon out to handle a situation that didn't need it in the first place because those two people were unarmed. That's so there point. is that, that other uncertainty, which I guess would be another argument to not give these weapons. I mean, you'd really have to pass a rigorous mental health test to say, you know, mm -hmm. we know you know how to use it, but your brain is an uncertainty. We can't, we can't risk you having this and making a situation worse. Yeah. I don't know. But then you get into like, now you're singling people out. Like it's, there's just, I'm so glad I'm not a politician. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I mean, I, I think the bot, I think another, you know, segment of the bottom line is, you know, if, if, if things were the same across the board, strict, rigorous, um, extensive and annual testing and, and all of that, um, in order to be able to do this, I think you're absolutely right. It would weed out those who were not like, Ugh, I'll pick up a different hobby or I'll just stick to handguns. Mm -hmm. I don't need a, a, an assault rifle. Yes. They're fun to, to fire, but again, there can be a, a middle ground met where people are still able to have gun owning and shooting as a hobby. Um, if they want to use it as self-defense, they can use it as self-defense, but here's more extensive, uh, stuff that you have to go through. Um, it's going to weed out the ones who are not serious, who are not, who don't care about it as much, um, who are going to use alternate ways of defending themselves. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's going to weed out the ones that just don't want to go through that or can't or are disqualified. You know what I mean? Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you there. I think, I think that that's, I, I wish that that would be a solution. 
I mean, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it to our listeners. Um, you know, of course we love to hear your thoughts and feedback. Again, we're not solving, we're not solving the world's problems here, no. <laughs> um, but this is a big issue. And for me, it, it really hits home because this directly mm-hmm. affects my occupation now, which I never, you know, back when I was in elementary school, I never thought that would ever have been a thing, yeah. you know, and now it's a big thing that happens frequently. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, we'd love to get people's responses to this. If you feel like posting on our Facebook, just be aware that if it gets out of hand, we're just going to delete it. <laughs> we like to no arguing with each other. Right. If Remember. it's arguing or derogatory in any way, you're, you're going to be gone. I mean, that comment's going to disappear. <laughs> um, cause yeah, again, like we want to be respectful of people's opinions. Um, yeah, if we can have this conversation, honestly, you guys yeah. can too. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. No, like, no high-powered politicians are following us. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't get to make this decision, but we can. Yeah, have you're not going to change any laws with your Facebook comments. <laughs> yeah. So uh, post wisely. <laughs> yeah. Post responsibly. <laughs> Please post responsibly. How about some ews? We need to lighten this conversation up. It's got a little, <laughs> little heavy here, folks. And we promise we're going to have a couple really fun shows coming up that are lighthearted, that are not necessarily diving into one of these big ones, but... With the start of the school year, we we had to get this out. Yeah, we so. got to have one of these every once in a while, though, because the, the fact of the matter is the world we live in. And mm-hmm. I mean, if, if we can be a good example of, of people who can have conversations like this and not kill each other or, <laughs> you know, hate each other forever. Yeah. Um, I don't right. know. Yeah, I, you yeah. know what, Mandy? Yes. I respect your opinions and I hear you. You know what, Stacy? I respect your opinions, and um, I think we have a lot more in line than we do different on this topic. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I definitely value you and your students' safety. So I, I would be on board. I just want you to know with whatever movement that would need to take. Thank you. Of course, yes. And that, folks, is how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I did not. I did not submit. I didn't have to. She didn't force me to, guys. <laughs> I, I'm okay. I'm a cute little snowflake and I didn't melt. <laughs> so let's talk ewes. Ew. Ew. My ew was a little bit. Cause... Yeah, my oh. ew was a little bit more heavy hearted and or heavy, you know, but I'm going to lighten it up a little bit yes. and say ew. Um, I know we don't have it as bad as like the rest of the United States, but here in Southern California, the humidity. Oh my OMG. God. I cannot fucking believe it. I tried to wear makeup yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, Saturday. (laughs) And for the first time, it was a good foundation. And ladies and gentlemen, whoever wears makeup, the pilling and like separating when I would try to blot it. I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck? And so I blame it on humidity. My hair was a mess Mm -hmm. and frizzy. I got there's no way to to look the way. Yeah, no humidity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was one of my ewes at the beginning of the summer here. So now I just have to say, ha ha, your turn. Boop <laughs> yeah. uh, sweat is real. The struggle is real. <laughs> oh, my God. People. Oh, my uh. God. 
<laughs> I sweat. Um, I sweat more from my scalp than I do anywhere else. So it's just drips down my freaking oh face. God. And then you have to wash your hair constantly because oh it feels greasy. God. Like, yes. Ew. I'm going to shave my head again. <laughs> <laughs> just wear like a little headband with like a fan attached. You could like tilt it, <laughs> tilt it down on your scalp. All I need is a little a little spout to connect my bear to it too, and it will be fine. We'll be totally fine. Perfect. <laughs> Let's go to the gun shooting range. <laughs> I don't know if I'll pass that test, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> you walk in with this crazy hat, they're like, no. It's <laughs> like, oh. already too crazy to be here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're already fired. <laughs> <laughs> so my ew is totally different. My ew is coupon restrictions. Oh my like God. lately, because like through the summer, you know, I'm trying to take advantage of sales and like Labor Day weekend, trying to take advantage of sales. So like get new work clothes, get stuff for my mm -hmm. classroom, all this stuff. And you go in and it's like, oh, well, that's only good on this certain day. Or, oh, but it says Labor Day weekend. Well, oh, but it's only good on this merchandise that's not already discounted. But everything's yeah. discounted. It's a Labor Day weekend coupon for your store, <laughs> yeah. but doesn't apply to the discounted merchandise that's discounted because it's Labor Day. <laughs> oh, my God. So what, you know, like these stupid coupon restrictions. Or, like, you can use it online, but you can't use it in store. There's like one oh, or the that's other. That's worse. Oh my gosh. So what the fuck? Like just seriously, just reduce like, the price of your items and get rid of the coupons. How about that? Like I oh, don't know. I agree with that. I agree with that because coupons are just false hope that you're actually saving money. When in reality, it's like yeah. ten, like five cents on the dollar, and it's like, um, so I spent twenty five dollars instead of twenty five ninety nine. So that's great, I guess. <laughs> right. So, so our <laughs> listeners, thanks for sticking with us on another pretty serious episode. Um, don't forget to rate and follow our show and share us. We're on Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible. Um, we're just kind of everywhere. So, um, yeah, share us with folks. And we are, we're looking forward to a couple more fun episodes. And we are planning our October for you already, which is going to be good times. <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited yes spooky season all right folks well we're gonna call that a show and uh we will catch you on the flip side you don't want to invite the dead into a living space it's called a living room not a dead room You can cut that one out because that was just a mind fart right there. <laughs> <laughs> Goes, that's what happens when you have the brain fog. Then yeah. you get the mind farts later. <laughs> yeah. Brain fog makes my brain gassy. <laughs> I hear a little jingling collar. Oh, no, that was uh, that was Josh opening up a zipper. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that is not cute. That is not as cute as a kitty. That is, that is not a cute little kitty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a snake. <laughs> Bad kitty. <laughs> Down boy. So that's for dogs. I don't not, know. <laughs> not his. Wait, 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 wait. Not his zipper. <laughs> Stacey, he wasn't. It was zipper to a bag.